Wilson toward the end zone. It is Seattle's going to the Super Bowl. It's off the Leonard, defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Pass around the boards to the blue line taken by Benny. Ryan Benny, his pass in front of Gretzky, scores! Open, Chicago with the lead! Welcome to the ASI podcast. This is the only podcast you'll need if you want to hear two Irish guys talking all things NFL, NBA and NHL. I'm your host, Dara, and I am delighted to be joined, as always, by Ian. Ian, how are you? I'm good, my friend. Another wet and miserable day here in Ireland. Just a standard summer, as it's turning into at the moment. Exactly. Uh, how has how's the week been for you? Filled with uh, lots of playoff action, I'd assume? Uh, yeah, until last night, but yeah. There was lots of uh, playoff action, uh, of course. Taking notes, um, Obviously, the hockey still went on last night. There were some big results in that. So, um, yeah, it was pretty pretty good. Um, obviously, we're getting a lot more sports, getting closer to a lot more sports returning, um, obviously, on this side of the world. Um, as you can see, I've got my Chelsea Football Club hat on there. Uh, if there was, in the, in the world of American uh, sports, if there was one team that blitzed the tradings, that's essentially what Chelsea are doing now in uh, in the summer transfer signings, I've seen a couple of my boys, the old um, Josh Hart and Larry Nance Jr., as always, tweeting, other than tweeting about the basketball, tweeting about their uh, their affection for Chelsea and trying to uh, trying to tag Messi in. <laughs> they were tagging Messi last night to tell him to go to Chelsea instead of City. It was pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we have a jam-packed show this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about, um, of course the NBA postponements or boycotts games last night and then a little later on we're going to be continuing our NFL preview leading up to kick off there in a couple of weeks time we're going to be previewing the AFC North and the AFC South this week and we will of course include our five word predictions for each team uh, we'll just, like we said, we'll go through, before we talk about the NBA, I just want to quickly go through some of the results that we've seen in the last couple of days in the NHL. Uh, like you were saying last night, we had three games last night with uh, the New York Islanders and the Philadelphia Flyers uh, playing their second game of their series, uh, finished 4-3 to the Flyers after overtime. We got uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning demolished the Boston Bruins, seven goals to one to take a 2-1 lead in their series. Obviously, that's game three. Yeah, that was and the game... previous night, the night before. That was a great game. Uh, they got an overtime win, actually. It was really... Really good game. I had a feeling that Tampa Bay would win. That's kind of my team now in the in the bubble anyway. Um, it was kind of like always going to be between whoever uh, whoever won that that series, the Bruins or the Lightning. But I've always had a, a an affiliation for the Lightning, as you know, considering yeah. I've named lots of them in my uh, in my top players. So, but obviously then the Irish connection with the Bruins. Uh, fuck all the other Canadian teams. No offense. I, I love all you guys, <laughs> but I had to go for. Uh, and and in particular, screw the stars. So I don't want them going anywhere. <laughs> well, we'll talk about the stars because they actually went up against the uh, the Colorado Avalanche 
in their third game of their series, uh, they went down, they lost by six goals to four. Another goal fest in this game. Uh, but Dallas, of course, are still leading by two games to one. And just a quick uh, note on the game on Tuesday night, uh, I guess the team I'm following now, that the, unfortunately, that the Flames have uh, uh, been eliminated. Uh, sorry? Capitulated would be the word. Capitulated, sorry. Capitulated. Well, they were in a good position, yeah, and unfortunately they did lose. Uh, I think it was three games in a row to get knocked out of the series. So, But uh, the, the Vegas Golden Knights lost to the Vancouver Canucks uh, to tie that series at 1-1 now as well with the uh, next game actually happening tonight slash Friday morning if you're in Irish time. Yeah, uh, and then of course the Islanders and the Flyers play their third game as well tonight to uh, continue their series. Ian, uh, goal fests over the last couple of days. Teams are starting to uh, expose weak defenses. You could say I think it's definitely attacks are uh, a better than defenses at the moment. Uh, like you were saying, you're following Tampa Bay quite closely now. Are they sort of the the favourite for uh, the Stanley Cup still? Do you think? Um, I would say, uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was always, I think whoever wins this series has a real chance. I think um, the Stars kind of came, they obviously got a lot of confidence from beating Calgary, considering, you know, Calgary were 3-0 up and true, basically true way to game with, uh, with with bad coaching and um, bad leadership on the ice. But uh, there'll be big changes coming in Calgary, I believe, all the way from the top to the bottom. Um, can't continue. So anyway, I segue, I digress. Um, the stars obviously took a bit of confidence from that, and so went up to. You know, I was very surprised actually because the Avalanche were were destroying teams as well, as you know, um, in the build up. And uh, yeah, it was crazy. Like they took the, the first two, but then obviously Avalanche got a bit of confidence last night. They came back, and uh, I think what we're starting to see as well with with you were saying the attacks are kind of prevailing. I think it's also tiredness on a lot of the defenses and and the goalies as well. Um, it's so finely balanced without the kind of roar of the crowd, that adrenaline rush that you get from playing on home ice legitimately and stuff like that, um, can be a big factor. But I think, um, I think we're starting to see the team separate. Yeah, I think the Lightning, um, have looked really good. I think um, the Golden Knights have looked really good. But I was kind of glad that uh, that they lost that game against the Canucks as well because. I didn't want them getting too far ahead of themselves either because they were, again, they were destroying teams as well. You know what I mean? Um, but I think it'll make a bit more of a game for as a neutral for myself um, and people that want to watch it neutrally. So I think the Golden Knights do have a good chance of winning the whole thing as well. If I was, you know, if I was on the spot and I was asked who do I think um, can win the whole thing, I think it would be between... Um, I think it would probably be between the Golden Knights and the Lightning. Um, <coughs> I predict, I do predict the Golden Knights to get it go through, and I predict the Avalanche to go through. And on the uh, the West Conference, that would be a really hell of a that'd be a great conference final. Um, it's hard to pick actually. If you get the Avalanche on form, that's a goal fest right there with the with the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. And then obviously, I do still think. I mean, the Flyers obviously beat. The New York Islanders last night, but you you were impressed by the Islanders yourself throughout this. this yeah, for sure, especially um, in their series uh, against uh, Carolina. Yeah, uh, they played very well throughout that whole series because they weren't actually the Carolina were favourites to go through in that okay. as well. So uh, the Islanders have definitely had a good uh, bubble so far. 
So it's going to be interesting to see if they can bounce back after this defeat. Obviously, such a heartbreaking loss when you lose in overtime. Yeah, that's so. the thing. Look, I mean, I still still can kind of see. It's actually, do you know what? That Eastern Conference is anyone's, to be honest with you. I mean, it's 2-1 to the Lightning, fair enough. But the Bruins could easily come back from that. And, mm-hmm. you know, anyone can win in that. So that's, that's actually... It is exciting to be fair. It is actually two exciting conference uh, finals that will come up over the next few weeks, and then obviously you know the uh, the NHL bubble has been a little bit more. I think uh, what's the word? Peaceful, <laughs> I suppose. And there hasn't been as much chaos. So yeah, uh, so uh, they've been going. They've been going about their business quite quietly, um, which uh, has been perfect for them that they've been able to get through this bubble and hopefully restart their new season as soon as this one is over. But we'll leave the NHL for the moment. We'll come back to it next week. We'll have a clearer idea who's in prime position to make it to the conference playoffs in both the East and the West. And we'll move on to the NBA and the postponement or uh, boycotts of the uh, games last night. Now, if you're not aware, we were, had three games slated for last night. Uh, it was going to be the Bucks against the Magic, uh, the Thunder against the Rock, Rockets, and then it was going to be the Trailblazers against the Lakers in their uh, NBA, in the in the playoffs. Uh, it started at 6 o'clock when the Milwaukee Bucks refused to come out of their dressing rooms for shoot-arounds. Uh, we then started the news started trickling in that the uh, Milwaukee Bucks are refusing to actually play the game today, and that they're going to boycott this game. Uh, so then uh, the game was then officially cancelled. We then heard that the Rockets and the Thunder were also going to do the same thing. They they both decided that they were going to boycott the game, and then we obviously heard that the Lakers and the Trailblazers were doing the same thing. Uh, later on that night, a meeting was held with all the NBA teams about how to proceed next after these boycotts. Um, and it, the, the Lakers and the Clippers actually both voted to not continue the season and to cancel it there and then. But all the other teams left, obviously, in the bubble, decided that they wanted to continue playing, to which then... Um, but we don't know if it angered or upset the Lakers and the Clippers, but after the vote was cast... Um, Sources say that LeBron James swiftly walked out of the meeting with the Lakers and the Clippers. Now, we don't know yet if the Lakers and the Clippers are still going to um, still going to uh, play their playoff games or are they going to actually, con- actually follow through and leave the bubble, which then poses another question about how this is going, how to, if the playoffs can continue or not. Um, we should mention as well that the NBA did come out with a statement and said that these games were not boycotted, that they were postponed, which means they'd be rescheduled, to which then actually LeBron James put on his Instagram story uh, with that uh, statement that the NBA gave out and said boycotted, not postponed. So it's it's definitely interesting to see. There seems to be different messages coming from the NBA and from, from, from the players. Um, now, all of this is uh, f- in reaction to the shooting of um, Jacob Blake by police over the weekend. I'm sure people have heard about that. He was going back to his car when um, a police uh, grabbed him and shot him seven times uh, in the 
back. Uh, he is still alive. Um, he's saying that he's paralyzed from, from the neck down. Um, discussions are going to continue about what is going to happen with the playoffs. Um, but uh, as of now, uh, Thursday games, uh, which are meant to be happening later on today uh, as we're recording, are, are not looking likely to happen either. So it might be a second day of uh, boycotts or postponements, whichever whichever way you want to whichever way you want to see it. Uh, Ian, I want to get your reaction to what happened yesterday, uh, the meetings, and what's looking likely to be. Uh, another day of postponements today. It's just, uh, it really is like um, the fucking the Muppet Show, to be honest with you. It's, it's a cluster at the moment. There's no real um, clear, and this isn't the case of whether you believe it's right or whether you believe it's wrong, because at the end of the day, you're always going to, you know my opinion on it. I think people generally know my opinion on it. I'm not into this whole, um, into this whole thing you know, this political statement being shoved down the throat. Um, I don't think it's the right time and place for it personally. And I think the figures, um, in terms of the numbers of, uh, of people that are tuning into these games, I think that's, I think that speaks volumes. And that's where I'm coming at it from. That, uh, before anybody jumps on the, uh, Ian Kelly's a racist um, bandwagon, A, go fuck yourselves, because that's not what I'm saying. Um, I'm just saying that this, I don't believe it's, it's the right kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's such a fine line because we obviously, we talk about it and it's so hard what you can and can't say, obviously on a podcast like this, for example, mm -hmm. anyone that doesn't believe a black life matters in general is quite clearly an idiot and should be just hidden away from the world somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, I also think there's political agendas behind it too. And I think a lot of these, uh, political parties are now using this as a way to one-up each other, which I think is wrong because yeah. essentially you're then going against, you're, you're, you're being a hypocrite to your own message because those lives of George Floyd and the, the, the man that you mentioned there um, don't really matter to certain politicians who are using it as a tool. So that's where my problem comes in um, when it's sports because like I said, I do believe people watch sports to get away from the everyday mundaneness of what's happening in the world and especially in the states right now i mean i'd like to just kind of shout out and i know you have friends over there any friends uh, and family that i have over in the states there i hope you're all doing well I hope you're keeping safe and uh look i just i want i know it sounds preachy but i just want like people to be able to actually live in harmony like we get we we have an issue here with the nba okay and um, where we have equality and peace and uh, Black Lives Matter on, on the back of jerseys. But it's been so hypocritical because it seems to be have become now to some people, and I can understand where some people's anger, it has become a thing that the black life is the only life that matters now in, to a, in a lot of situations because we had a situation there, which I know we need to bring up with Montrezl uh, Harrell uh, during the week. Uh, who basically called Luka Doncic a bitch-ass white boy, which by all definitions is a racist term um, because he's used white boy as a way to belittle him. A, because uh, if that was the case, because I think Luka Doncic made everyone his bitch that night, just, just to say, <laughs> I think it was a record-breaking performance as well in a playoff setting, which is just incredible. 
Um, the, the, the kid is just unbelievable. But um, we know um, that if that had been done towards, um, you know, towards a, a black man, or if that had been Luca done towards Montrezel, we know that there would be absolute chaos and uproar. And Luca Doncic would probably be burned at the stake. Um, and rightly so. But we're asking for equality and we're asking for respect. That right there doesn't just warrant an apology. Oh, I apologize because I realized there's no crowd in the in the bubble and I'm caught on camera. That's why I apologize. You actually said it. Um, and this is my problem. There doesn't seem to be anyone running the show in the NBA. I mean, LeBron seems to be running the show and everyone just listens. Uh, I mean, when you, when you go by the statement there and go by what you just kind of mentioned to us there, it seems like there's no rules and regulations here um, from the actual NBA because I mean, players can't just decide what to do. Like, fair enough, you can, but there's got to be repercussions then. For example, the Magic shouldn't have been asked what do they want to do. That should have been an automatic win to the Magic because one team decided that they're not coming out to play. I mean, if that happened in football, we know that's exactly what would happen, right? Um, team refuses to come out, boom. Um, I think in American football, it would be the same. Hockey would be the same. So the yeah, and I think Ian, sorry, just to just to jump in there with with yeah. that part with with the magic, um, that was brought up in the team meeting that happened after the games were cancelled. That uh, some player, a lot of players from teams, uh, I think uh, some of them were from the Magic, that that they were upset with the books because they did not communicate it with teams beforehand that they yeah. were planning on boycotting it yeah, because probably. they probably they, the Magic probably would have joined them by not yes. coming out of the dressing room if yeah. that was the case. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm not, um, I'm not sort of nitpicking on Giannis yeah. or, or yeah. Any, any individual. Again, I'm not picking on anybody for their... I mean, listen, we said it last week, the NBA is predominantly um, black males that play it, okay? Um, and 100% um, they've probably been subjected. They probably have friends and family that are subjected to this stuff. So, of course, this shit is going to affect a lot of them. And, you know, anyone can understand that. But there's got to be... There's got to be some sort of dialogue and regulations put in place for this because we knew what was going on here before this bubble started. If it's all of a sudden just going to be boycotted and cancelled, there's also got to be repercussions here as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, because either now you, you end it all and all of a sudden there's a new party and you put LeBron and Anthony Davis in charge of some sort of political party because that's all that's the route they're going. Um, and that's fine. Go ahead with that. But I do think I do think it's 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 got to be um, there's got to be a resolution to it. Either we know that there's going to be basketball going forward, or there's not. These the players can't just decide not to come out and play when they don't want to, because what can happen then is you can use this movement as an excuse for any reason not to play the game. Hey, coach, I don't think we're going to win this game. Hey, let's boycott it because something's happened in Milwaukee that we're not happy with. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I'm not saying that is the case, but you could see where people might look at it like that eventually. You know what I mean? Um, LeBron, like, um, I don't know whether LeBron is instructed on certain things or what, but um, some of his statements, which I don't need to read out, you can go and look at, look at for yourself. Um, it's, it's just a very, very angrily aimed at the white man in the cop suit, and it's become very political. Do you know what I mean? Um, to say that all, you know, it's it's crazy what's happening here because LeBron, 
They're saying all black people are running scared of being hunted down like animals, which is not true because not all black people are getting hunted down like animals. Um, it's it's the wrong message, and they need somebody with a little bit of better. But I I would say that's more like in the heat of the moment saying something like but that. Because we we've all had that occasion where in the heat of the moment we've, you know grandized you know made something bigger than it actually is sort of this because we, we're we're so worked up over it. this is every game we don't hear about how his team perform this is every game now mm-hmm. um like here's a statement some white cop uh, leaves the house in the morning hell he could have had an argument with his wife he could have had an argument with his kids and now he's going out and he's going to take it out on a black man that's a very general statement right mm-hmm. very very general statement um, that kind of also, like, I, I feel that that comment was, was misplaced, obviously, because it can happen if you take it in two separate ways, okay? So he was saying that, first of all, a, a white cop had an argument with his wife, so he's going to take it out on a black person. But it, it, it's very likely that it can happen with the roles reversed. Of you know, it, it can be a, a person of colour has a, an argument with theirs with their other half and is going to take it out on a white person or can take it out on another person of colour. It's not just solely based on that. But I'll give my own opinion on it in a minute, Ian. You continue your point and then I'll come back. No, that's fine. Like I said, it's um, it's not about... I don't know, you know I'm a big LeBron fan. Um, always have been. But I'm a big LeBron fan of basketball. Um, I think he could probably articulate stuff better. I think that's probably a point you're alluding to there. Yes, exactly, yes. Yeah. Articulate it better and get the message across a little bit better rather than scare tactics. Hey, run away, black people. The white man is coming for you. Quick, they're hunting us like animals. Yeah. That's crazy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, without making it a, a crazy political show, um, we want to see basketball. We want to see the right thing done. Um, of course, we want the quality as well. I certainly can speak for myself. I want the quality everywhere. And that's... That's non-negotiable worldwide, you know what I mean? Um, but I also want equality and I want less hypocrisy. I want to see the NBA coming out in defense of the eight to nine million black slaves in Africa. Um, because it seems to be that black lives, the movement only seems to matter in America at the moment. So this is where, this is the hypocrisy that I want. There's nine million black slaves in Africa that people are not doing anything about other than companies like um, Amnesty International and stuff like that. I want to see George Soros and all these people starting to back movements that go into Africa now as well. I want to see that from the NBA. I don't even know whether they're aware of that or, or not. Um, less slave camps in China. Um, you know, justice for Hong Kong and stuff like that. I want to see less hypocrisy, more action from these people. Because if you're going to be um, a social justice warrior like that, to that extent, then it needs to... And you want equality. And I think this is fair points here. In fact, I've put myself in a position here that if anyone argues against what I'm saying, they are in fact the real racist because if they don't want equality in China or in Africa as well. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm saying worldwide. Let's have it worldwide. Let's have the cops trained better in America because there definitely needs to be a revamp in how cops deal with situations over there. I think that's a fact. Um, regardless of whether this man had a criminal record for sexually assaulting Young, young women or whatever at the end of the day you're not a vigilante in that case you're wearing a uniform and it's up to you to bring it bring them through the justice system if that's the case if there is something that you know you've gone after them for 
but not shoot him in the back seven times when you could have easily just got him in some sort of MMA move, MMA hold, and uh, subdued him. But uh, no, I think um, I, th- I just I'm sick of it now. I want I want us to if if we're going down this route and people want to use their power for the greater good, then let's do it worldwide. Do you know what I mean? Okay. Uh, and spread that message to kids that right, Africa is our homeland, as they say. Uh, let's 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 do something about the slavery that's going on over in Africa. Um, I think they could easily do that. I think they should, um, but they won't because there's no money to be made from it. So that's my thoughts. And that and that's perfect, Aidan, and well said. And I know, like, and I appreciate you coming out and saying exactly how you feel because it would be very easy for people to just, especially on a podcast and stuff like that, to cop out and to just stick to the seemingly to the narrative and just you know try and pay lip service because that's the popular thing at the moment yeah. without actually looking into it and scrutinizing it in a way that it should be like everything should be scrutinized everything should be looked into properly you know now just from from my own point of view obviously i'm sorry dara just just before you do because i'm yeah. sorry i don't mean to go across it it's like you said there as well like anybody that wants to pick a hole in anything i said there and try and call me racist, you know that that's an absolutely ridiculous statement because I think I've articulated it well and fair. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've always said, absolutely, I believe that these guys, if they believe strongly in this, stand up for it 100%. But I'm saying that the NBA needs to actually make a decision because they are the governing body on what to do. I have no problem with the players standing up for themselves last night with the game. Probably right. They probably should have communicated it with the Magic and they probably would have stood with them. Um, but it's like I said with Jonathan Isaac, young Jonathan Isaac, a, a God-fearing man and, and a pastor at the age of 22. He stood up for his own beliefs and because it went against the narrative, they couldn't call him a racist. So, But they called him every other name under the sun, you know? So, yeah, I do believe that people shouldn't be afraid to speak up. Unless people are actually white supremacists, then don't give them a voice at all. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. throw them to an island somewhere. Um, but uh, yeah, so sorry, go ahead. No, that's that's the <laughs> funny that you said that you use the white supremacist term. I, I can't remember where I saw this before, but um, someone came up with the saying that white supremacists <laughs> are, are, are people that love their guns and they love their religion and they want to stick to strict religious uh, and stick to their kind. And someone says, okay, well, then go to Saudi Arabia then or something. You know, that's, <laughs> you know, like in one of those sort of countries. But look, listen, um, yeah, I'll just. Give my, it's crazy that they actually still exist, though, right? I know it is. It's insane in in this year. It's it's absolutely insane. But oh. um, I I'll just give my point of view in terms of that. Like I, we talked about this. I believe it was last week. It could have been a couple of shows ago that we talked about the fact how. I know how you said that the play that sport. You come to watch sport as a distraction or as something different to obviously what we're seeing all on the news. Uh, and I, I sort of said to you then as well, and I still believe that, it's just that the people that are taking part in these sports are people who have their, that should have their own point of views and should be able to broadcast their point of views yeah. in a way that, that whatever way they believe and if they believe left or they believe right, if they believe up is up or down is down. Yeah. They, they do have the right to sort of talk about their beliefs. and That's why sort of religion is such as still a, a big thing in sport. Like I don't myself personally 
buy into religion or anything in any sense. I don't. I, I would say I don't like it involved in sport, but I also understand the fact that these people do believe in religion, so they have the right to say what they want. Very you true. know, they have su- such a such a large following. It's the same now in terms of this social justice that they're looking for at the moment, and I understand their point of view because if like we were saying like you just said there and how I said last week as well that the NBA is a predominantly black league yeah uh, that these players are seeing these videos and stuff and they're rightly outraged because if you're seeing the likes of a George Floyd where a co- four cops are around him and one cop has to be on his neck for eight minutes and 42 seconds, I believe was, was, was the time. And they, like they had no other way of subduing him apart from doing that, where there was actually two other people on his legs and his back as well. You had three cops with this Jacob Blake incident at the weekend that were around him, all had guns drawn and he was walking back to his car. There's always better ways to, deal with those situations we've had numerous situations uh, they're just two obviously we talked with Brianna Taylor Ahmad Ambry but that's Ahmad Ambry was not with the police that's more just racism in general being the Brianna Taylor thing as well uh, we need to also have the full context in that a cop was actually shot by her boyfriend initially in that altercation the narrative a cop, a cop was shot at because boyfriend. her boyfriend believed someone was breaking into the house no <laughs> yeah these are the narratives. You've got the left narrative, I've got the right narrative. It's, it's CNN will tell you one thing, Fox will tell you the other. So I'm actually in agreement with you there. I am not going to go to bat for either of those stories purely because if there's two different versions of the story, depending on which political network you're actually listening to, that's a problem, isn't it? It we, is a huge problem. That we're just we're not getting facts. Yeah, so we do actually, and I do believe then, we do need justice for Breonna Taylor. 100% because we need to know the full narratives and facts of what happened because yeah. if, if I'm here on one side and, and in my ignorance here I'm not like I said I'm not going to go after that story because I don't know wholeheartedly I wasn't there I don't know wholeheartedly that what I heard is true and vice versa with yourself if there's two different so two different versions of it this is a problem in yeah. fact it shows that there's a huge problem with mainstream media in the US because they're actually going to cover up a story for their own interests which is wrong and they're, they're, in fact, then should be ashamed of themselves when they say Black Lives Matter because yeah. evidently they don't if they're only going to use it for their own political gain. Yeah. And I think that's 100% true. And I agree yeah. with all your points, by the way, 100%. Yeah, I think but it's, uh, yeah what, what I want to get back to now is, as well, is the, the, if we just go delve deeper into the origins, obviously, of this, well, not the origins, but sort of the re- reigniting of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's like a Marvel series you're about. I know, it's, it's like reimagining it and stuff. Sorry, I was watching Marvel films last week for a while because I was not well. Well, look, that's that's a different story. I'll probably start making Marvel quotes now in a second. But uh, the, the, re, the reigniting of the, the Black Lives Matter movement was obviously after the, the George Floyd killing. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, and I think that well, uh, this my own personal view, and so what I'd like to think sort of is the reason why we've seen sort of the protests going on, and the, we've seen we've heard a lot of systemic racism. Those two <coughs> words used a lot, but I think well, what what uh, I'm trying to understand by obviously doing the research in this is that if you look at the terms, obviously with the 
George Floyd, and I'm only using two examples, but there's like you do the research yourself. There's loads. Of, there is loads of examples of it, and I just want to stick to this core subject for the moment of it, um, and that is the fact of like obviously police killing unarmed black people, whether it be men, women, whatever. Um, and I think that's when you see that happening, and then when you see the likes of a Dylan Roof who went to a church and killed, I think it was nine black worshippers who was then just carefully placed into cuffs, actually brought to McDonald's on his way to the jail to get something to eat because he was hungry and then was put in jail. No, just uh, just let me finish the point. I'll, I'll... Sorry, uh, just, uh, is that that lunatic? Uh, I, I'm just trying to figure yeah. out who you're talking about. Is that that lunatic, my kid, yeah. that had the big... AK forty seven or something? No, no, no. That was uh, that was during the week. This was uh, this was like a, a couple of years ago. Oh, sorry. I'll get on. I'll get on to him. I get on to. I get on to him as well. But yeah, like like you just mentioned, the the guy going around um, during the protests in Milwaukee, the seventeen year old who drove from Chicago to then shoot people who were protesting for absolutely no reason, who was then placed in the handcuffs gently as well. Yeah. Now, I agree with what the cops did there to the likes of this 17-year-old and to the likes of Dylan Roof that they should be arrested and they should have their day in court and they should be then thrown in jail if they're found guilty. This is where, obviously, the the other side of it where unarmed black people are getting killed because it, it, there is no other reason, but it is because of the colour of their sin because these cops are looking at it and they're instantly thinking, threats and we've seen so many stories of people throughout this whole time of them dealing with the same thing and i'm just trying to say like if you see videos of like like that 17 year old who was placed in handcuffs who was killing people the dylan roof who was going around killing people placed in handcuffs and then people who like we were saying they may have priors george floyd had priors i think there's stories about this jacob blake guy who had priors but on the day that he was arrested and stuff like that he still deserves to be arrested have his day in court and if he's found guilty then thrown in jail that sort of stuff, I agree with. I think that's sort of, that's why the players have to take a stand. That they they're not saying get rid of police or all police are racist or stuff like that. They're just saying that look, listen, Something people have to you yeah. have to be treated equally in that terms. If someone's getting arrested, you get arrested. You don't just get killed. I agree. For, you know right. that that that's my sort of that's what I try to see their point of view. But and I think the big a big problem is that, like you were saying, this. Black Lives Matter uh, logo, this Black Lives Matter like movement is now is being used as a sort of trend to sort of racism in a broader sense, and and but it's not in the broadest sense like you mentioned things about Africa and China and stuff like that. That they're not talking about that because, like you mentioned, it's and I fully agree with you saying that's not popular. It's not in well yeah it's not a money making scheme i guess as well because i'm sure black lives matter t-shirts have gone on sale and they probably sold like hotcakes you know but i, I that's that's the thing if you're going to to fight sort of racism in its truest form you have to go after all forms of racism yeah and that if it's a closer closer to home for us like a form of racism here, like we see with, with sort of the traveling community here that are constantly being racially abused, but nothing's ever done about that. Um, so I, I think that the, 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 the crux of what the players believe uh, they're doing their, their stuff for, I agree with in terms of dealing with sort of, 
I know I mentioned the word earlier on, but we'll go back into it, is systemic racism and sort of dealing with sort of police forces and trying to get them trained in a better way to deal with people equally instead of, you know, sort of going straight after, having a, a predetermined mindset for when you see a person and the color of their skin. Um, but then in the broader sense, like I said, in, in terms of like, if you're going to do it, it for if, if we all want to make a change ourselves, we have to look at it in the broadest sense of possible and not just use it as something that's trendy. Yes. That's, that's, I think that's, you've actually articulated my, articulated my point very well, I think, um, which is the point I was making earlier. Um, as soon as I say something about the Black Lives Matter thing, people go, oh, before you even finish the sentence, they're ready just to call you a racist and you're like, no. I don't believe that you need to give me a slogan for me as an educated, grown-up adult who's been around black people all my life, who's idolized black sportsmen and women. Um, and I know I know that you'll always get, you know, sometimes you will get racist, go, oh, well, I know a black guy. you know, And you're like, come on, dude, that's not what it's about. I'm talking about actually respecting the culture, respecting the fact, respecting them as a human being, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be put on a pedestal just because of the color of their skin or, or, or their race or whatever. It's respecting them as a human being. And I think that's the biggest respect you can pay to different people of color is actually not. That the skin doesn't even need to be brought into it, in my opinion. And in, in your opinion, I'm sure, as well, because we're educated on the fact we are all human yeah. first. And yeah. that's secondary. And that's what I believe. And as I said, if anyone wants to debate me at that point, then you'll lose because obviously you've got the issue then. Because that's what yeah. I believe. I've been on this planet 36 years. That's the way I live my, my life. Um, friends of all different colors and creeds. Um, and I've always been open to learning new, uh, new, new, uh, new ideas and new kind of, it's like you, I say with the religion thing, you know, everyone always seems to think they have the best religion. It's just amazing. Yeah, <laughs> my exactly. Best and yours isn't. I yeah, just, people have fought for years and, and killed each other for years, and why wars have happened for years. So, my ideology is one hundred percent. I think it's um, it's it's it's. I mean, equality should be non-negotiable in in my world. So I do hear those points. I think when we're using the points of those white kids basically getting cooked and brought to McDonald's, blah blah blah, they look like little nerdy fucking weirdos, which they obviously are, evidently. Um, and cops might not see that as a threat. And I know what you're saying. There might be a stigma that if you have to go into South Central, you get a call. They're automatically going in on the defense ready. Do you know what I mean? Because this guy is black and he's from a bad area. So yeah. the only option here is probably more than likely that we're going to have to shoot the guy. Well, that they probably already have like one hand on their gun ready to go. Exactly. exactly. And that's wrong because, again, that's using an area. I mean, I come from... You know, an area that wouldn't be middle class, that would be quite a poor enough area. Um, and it might be considered a lower class, I guess, in some places because of certain people or young lads or whatever. And then they have a stigma on it. Oh, you know, they're scumbags. Don't go into that area, blah, 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 which, you know, couldn't be further from the truth. So I do get that. And I think it also shows the difference in abilities and the difference in cops. So the cops that arrested this young white man shouldn't be held like to a you know I, I oh no no they they should be applauded for actually showing the restraint and not because the cops are the cops jobs aren't to be judge jury and executioner exactly it's just not 
it, their job is to um, to hold down, not to hold down, but to keep the peace. Yes. And to keep everyone safe. But that includes potential, because you always have to say innocent until proven guilty. Sure. Like you have to, these potential sort of threats, well, not even potential threats, but these potential guilty people that are obviously have, you, I know I don't, I know if you see yourself like, oh, I saw this guy personally shoot him, so I know he's going to be guilty. It doesn't matter. It yeah. doesn't matter. Your job is to arrest that person, bring them to court, and let the courts decide if he was guilty or not. And then if he actually, if he actually ended up, say, killing someone, and he got off uh, because of it, well, then your anger should be pointed at the court system. Exactly, exactly. I think you're 100% right there. And like I said, you know, people will be angry. Oh, well, look at those cops. Or the, no, those cops that did do that and arrested the, the kid, they should be commended, and they should be the type of people that are speaking out as well on how their counterparts who are doing it the wrong way. Yeah. This is how you do it. There needs yeah. to be a system in place. Because we know there is corrupt cops. We know there's racist cops. For yeah. sure. But we also know, evidently, there's good cops too. Exactly. Um, and that, that goes for any country, man. But look, I suppose we've... I think we've covered everything on that. Let's hope that we can get back to some basketball and, and finish this... this uh, Finish this year's series off, you know, and, and, and get a get a winner. Obviously, um, you know, th- there is there is going to be you know holes that are going to be picked out now, um, because the NBA has opened itself up to this. So there will be. I've already seen people already call for Montrezl Harrell to be to be in trouble because of what he said to Luka Doncic, and then I've heard the same people come back and say. No, you know, it's not the same. It's not the same. And it's like, well, if it's not the same, then you're saying that we're not equal then. Yeah. So who's the racist there really then? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't be hypocritical because you'll only look silly, regardless of how many SJWs we will have on, on Twitter. A lot of these idiots are, aren't even real accounts, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially the trolls that are trying to actually ruin any form of justice. Um. Twitter is just a horrible place, as we all know. Can be good, it but it can be can be toxic too. So it is. Well, look, uh, Ian, we'll leave it at that. Um, like you said, hopefully we can get some NBA action at some stage soon that uh, the issues can be can be resolved. Um, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be previewing continuing continuing our I should say our NFL preview with the AFC North and South. Here's Watson now, blockers in front, inside the 10, lowers the shoulder and in! Henry, Henry takes it to the outside, oh the stiff arm, twice on Thomas and he's out of bounds. First down run for Derrick Henry, Jackson, end zone, touchdown! Seth Roberts climbs the imaginary ladder! And ladies and gentlemen, you are very welcome back to the ASI podcast with myself, Ian Kelly, and my host, co-host, Dara Marr. Um, as, as we said there beforehand, we have, uh, we have now moved on to football, as football is coming back. Um, and we previewed last week, obviously, was the East and West? The AFC East and West we did, AFC yeah. East and West, and today we're going to preview the AFC North and South. With, of course, our little five-word game. Dara has some written out already. Um, I'm a kind of an on-the-fly guy, so I'll kind of call it <laughs> as we go. 
got some uh, got some funny funny feedback on the uh, on the one last week about the uh, the OJ. Uh, the OJ. Oh, Jesus! So uh, that was that was was not meant. The, the Denver Broncos, yeah, <laughs> only with OJ joining. Oh God! So, yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, we'll try and get some stuff funny. Um, this week, not as controversial, but sure, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. So, Dara, this is a uh, this is all your baby. This is your football. So. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start with the AFC North this week. Uh, we're gonna start with the Baltimore Ravens. So let's go with our five word prediction. Can they run the table? So I say that can the Baltimore Ravens go this year unbeaten? And win every single one of the regular season games, go sixteen and zero. I am saying no. I am actually thinking that they're going to lose one game this year. I'm not going to say which game it is, but I'm saying they're going to lose one game this year. They're going to go fifteen and one. Just a quick note on some of their additions this year: Clay's Campbell uh, in the trade from the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars to help shore up or to help beef up, I should say, that defensive line. Uh, that sort of it's a ter- for. The only thing that comes to mind with the uh, Ravens, the mindset is the rich get richer. Getting someone like Calais Campbell just makes that defense even better. Uh, they obviously have Marlon Humphreys. They've got the likes of uh, uh, Marcus Peters there in the corner positions. They've drafted Patrick Queen, a really, really good uh, linebacker this year in the draft. Uh, some absolutely fantastic players. I think Matthew Judon is still going to be there this year as well. And then, of course, you have last year's MVP, Lamar Jackson, uh, still under centre. We'll see what he can do this year. Can he repeat uh, what he did last year? I, I, I myself don't know if he can. I think he'll still have a very good, productive year. I don't think he'll be blowing teams away as much as he can. But the thing is that the teams are going to have to... Uh, don't mind the football speak here, Ian, but they're going to have to load the box to stop Lamar or if it is Melvin Ingram running the football this year. And then that obviously leaves space in the backfield for wide receivers so, and his tight ends. So if he can sort of get uh, his uh, throwing accuracy up just a little bit, uh, it's definitely going to be a, a team to watch out for this year. Uh, so, I'd, like I said, 15-1 uh, and I have them at this year, and I think they're going to sail into the playoffs as the number one seed in the AFC. And moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, my five-word prediction for them, Ben Steele elbow holds up. So, obviously, last year, uh, quarterback Ben Roethlisberger let, missed most of, la- most of the season with an elbow injury, he's had surgery, he's uh, physioed, he's back playing, but is he still going to be the same big Ben of old? He's 37, 38, I think, now at this stage. So he's definitely up there in years. Um, he's obviously been known as the gunslinger type quarterback who just throws bombs out there. Can he still do that with his elbow? I don't know. It's been a very quiet off season for the Steelers as well. Uh, in terms of additions and um, players uh, leaving. So there hasn't been sort of many ins and outs. Uh, One thing to look for this year, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster had a very disappointing season last season. Obviously, he didn't have his QB1 there throwing him the football. So we'll see if uh, he can sort of... He's going to be so important, obviously, to 
the Steelers' success. Uh, if they can actually make a decent season, it's going to be Big Ben and Juju. Of course, James Conner and running back as well, who had a good season last year. Can he continue? But like I said, I think does uh, Big Ben's steel elbow hold up? I'm going to have them down as a 9-7 and seven team this year. They're going to just be a game over uh, 500, and I think that's going to be enough for them to sneak in in the final wildcard spot in the playoffs. Um, before I move on to any other teams, Ian, do you have any five-word predictions for the Steelers or the Ravens? Uh, well, so you're telling me that if the, if the Steelers do happen to, uh, happen to do something, that they might be stealing their way to victory? Yeah? Oh, good one. I don't have one for the Ravens because everything just involves Nevermore. And I was yeah, like, mm-hmm. I know. I tried to, I tried, to, I, I tried to think of something clever, but it always just kept coming to that. Yeah, I don't know what. nothing. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. You know what, Baltimore? You have a hell of a logo. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'll say. Uh, so we'll move on then to the other two teams in the AFC North. We'll move on to the Cleveland Browns. My five-word prediction for the Cleveland Browns. Browns baking up a storm. Oh, I like that. Uh, so this year they've uh, made a priority of beefing up their uh, O-line to sort of protect their quarterback, Baker Mayfield, of course, in his third year. That's where you see where I got baking from. See? That's okay, it. I like that. But we will we'll see what happens. They've also acquired Austin Hooper, a free agency as well, um, the tight end who was at the... Uh, Atlanta Falcons last year new coach this year Kevin Stefanski as well Uh, can Baker get back to his season one form with a better O-line to protect him of course the likes of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry is there as his wideouts and you've got uh, of course uh, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt uh, as your running backs so there's a lot of pieces there for Baker to be successful but can he get back into his uh, like I said his first season form uh, the O-line is definitely going to help. On the defensive side, of course, you've got the likes of uh, Miles Garrett now, I think who is, well, he was the highest paid defensive lineman for a couple of uh, days before Joey Bosa uh, got his new contract. Uh, and one thing to note as well, at their um, safety, I should say, has gone down with, uh, their new safety has just gone down with uh a injury that is going to uh, keep him out of the for the next uh, I should say the next couple of uh, actually the whole season I think uh, let me just have a look see here what sort of uh, injury that was Grant Delpit I should say sorry is his name he was drafted this year it is it's an Achilles injury that's going to require surgery yeah, a ruptured Achilles that's going to require surgery and he's out for the rest of the season. Uh, so this year, I'm going to give the Browns a record of 9-7. and seven. I think they're going to make it into the playoffs there as well. I like uh, Kevin Stefanski as their coach. I like the weapons they have. I like their uh, O-line. I like their defense. I think that it's going to be rocky at the start, but they'll build into it. Uh, and I think that they can make a, a decent run for the playoffs this year. Uh, moving on to the last team, the Cincinnati Bengals, of course, with uh, number one overall pick from the draft just gone in uh, Joe Burrow, their new quarterback. My five-word prediction, getting burrowed into the ground. Uh, I think it's going to be a really, really tough year for Joe Burrow. 
Uh, I think that they'd have a really bad O-line. He hasn't had um, mini camps. He hasn't had OTAs. He hasn't had preseason games to get into the groove. He's going in fresh day one uh, with a whole new playbook, a whole new team. I think this is going to be a really tough year. I don't see them doing very well at all. And I think Joe Burrow is probably going to be destroyed by, if you look at the defenders that you have in the AFC North alone, like I mentioned, Calais Campbell, you have uh, Miles Garrett, you have the Steelers defense as well. That's been sort of there for years too. I have them at five and 11 this year. It's not going to be a good year for them at all. So uh, I think it's going to be a really tough year, tough first season for Joe Burrow. Um, but that is my AFC North predictions. Uh, Ian, have you got anything to say before we move on? Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just trust the judgment. Taking notes, exactly. Just trust the judgment and take notes. Okay. So we'll move on then very quickly to the AFC South. So the AFC South is the Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jackson Jaguars, and the Tennessee Titans. We'll start off with the Houston Texans. And my five-word prediction, making something out of nothing. What a great name as well. Just the Houston Texans. Houston you know Texans. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like it just, you know, it make, I want to like, it just makes me want to go to one of their games. You know what I mean? Because you, <laughs> you can be guaranteed you're just going to be there with a lot of big Texan boys with, with some big craft beers and hot yeah. dogs and burgers. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you can understand. It makes me more. It makes me more interested in seeing a Texans game than it would be a Dallas Cowboys game. There you go. There you, you know? go. See, we don't like Dallas. This is what we're we're no. The Dallas Stars and Dallas Cowboys. They're just very rough people. Very rough people there in Dallas. You know, <laughs> Houston is the place to be if you're going to Texas. Houston All my exes live in Texas. <laughs> well, I don't know why you want to go back to. That's actually, that was a five word. That was a five word. There you go. All your exes live in Texas. But yeah, making something out of nothing is my five word prediction. I say that because, of course, Deshaun Watson has lost his number one and favorite receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they brought in Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb to help ease that. And, of course, as part of the Hopkins trade, they got David Johnson from the Arizona Cardinals in return. It's going to be interesting because obviously we saw with the Patrick Mahomes getting his uh, massive contract there this season. I, Watson is next in line of those really good quarterbacks that are going to be looking for a contract extension. And I think if he can sort of make a, re, make a really good uh, season uh, this coming season, especially losing a top receiver like Hopkins, he will be definitely able to ask for that bigger contract and he'll be definitely able to uh, prove that he is worth all the money that he would be asking for because I'm guessing he'd want something along the, sorry, excuse me, along the same lines as Patrick Mahomes. And of course, the Texans are looking to bounce back from their disappointment in the playoffs last year. I think being 21-0 up at one stage against the Kansas City Chiefs before they end up losing uh, to, uh, obviously, to, to the Chiefs and the Chiefs going on to win the Super Bowl as well. So we'll see. I have them this year at 10-6. and six. So I do think uh, we will see Deshaun Watson prove that he is an elite level quarterback. He doesn't just need star receivers. I think you'll have, like I said, you'll have Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, Will Fuller, 
and you have Kenny Stills. Now there are the those four players you have to watch out for as well because there is uh, there is an injury worry with all of them. Uh, Brandon Cooks has had a lot of concussions in the last few years, so he he'll be a danger. You've got Will Fuller who seems to miss multiple games each season due to knee injuries. Uh, Randall Cobb who is not not overly injury prone but has missed games here and there as well. So we'll see what happens. I have them down at ten and six anyway this year, so I think that that'll be enough for them to get into the playoffs. But it won't be enough for them to win the division. We'll get on to that there soon. And we'll move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, my five-word prediction for them, sink or swim in Rivers. Philip Rivers joining the team this year in free agency after being released by the LA Chargers. I can't, I don't think that's a team serious for making a Super Bowl run can have someone like Philip Rivers in their team and and still expect to make that run. I, I just, I, I see it. We saw it last year. He's he sort of regressed so much. He is, like I said, around the same age as, as Big Ben. He's around 37, 38. I think his arm strength has decreased massively. I don't think he's the, the same player that he used to be. And I just, I can't see the Colts progressing as a team with, with, with Philip Rivers on their center. Uh, a big addition that I think will help them sort of win games, though, is the, the acquisition of DeForest Buckner on their defensive line. He's a fantastic player, but like I said, I don't think that they can uh, win out. I don't think they can win enough games to make it into the playoffs this year. I have them at seven and nine. Uh, Ian, do you have any predictions for the Texans and the Colts at all? Well, I'm going with the Texans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just purely, like I said, for the only reason that I mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, this is going to be new to me this season, so I'm taking notes here, and I'm obviously looking at the NFL app as you're speaking, so I can kind of yeah. understand uh, what, you, what, you, what your predictions are and where they're coming from, so um, but yeah well look I could be totally wrong and these could all come back and uh, hit me hit me in the face <coughs> with that so we'll see this is just a, a semi-educated view of yeah. uh, of what's going on so far we'll move on to the last two teams in the AFC South and we'll go with the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, my five word prediction Minshew Mania nah thanks me so, Gardner Minshew, uh, who is a cult-like figure. I don't know how he's become such a cult-like figure in the in, in the NFL. Well, I, I know why, because uh, of, his, of his dress sense and his play. But I still, I'm not convinced. Um, I had another, had another five-word prediction for him. And, um, but I, I, along the lines of toothless Jaguars will get buried. Uh, because they're just not a good team. Uh, they've lost some really good players uh, this offseason. Uh, they've lost the likes of AJ Boye. You've got Yannick Ngakwe, who's been pushing for a move ever since last season finished. Um, they had they still they still kept hold of Leonard Fournette, but he was looking for a trade as well. It's not a happy organization there. Um, the, the, the word that comes to is trash. You know, I, I just feel the team is trash, and it's very. I, I'm sorry if there's any Jaguars fans out there that are getting a little disrespected by using trash, but I can't see this team doing anything this year. And like, I I can bet you in, and and you'll notice yourself at some stage that 
uh, Jacksonville are going to be looking for some AEW wrestlers to help them out during the season. Yeah, they probably need Jericho to throw on that L jersey or something. Uh, probably. Maybe not at quarterback, but they've definitely got enough pace there. There's probably enough pacey wrestlers in there that could, uh, could do something. Barbie Allen, he doesn't mind getting hit. He looks yeah, like you can throw, throw him in at running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Throw him in at running back. He could be yeah. a skateboard hell as well if he wants. So. There you go. Yeah, they don't seem to be, uh, looking here, they don't seem to be heavily favoured by anyone, to be fair. No. No, not at all. It, uh, I think this could be coaches Doug Barone's last season there with the Jag- with the Jaguars as well. He may not even last the season. Uh, we'll we'll see. But I had their record down as four and twelve this year. Not a good, not a good, um, not a good year upcoming for them. And that that four wins was being generous. I could have made it less. So we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll move on uh, to Tennessee Titans. Uh, their five-word prediction, Henry running over the opposition. Last year's uh, running back king, Derrick Henry, is back again uh, after signing a new contract. Uh, quarterback Ryan Tannehill also signed a new contract this year as well. Um, obviously, they, they made a good run in the playoffs too. Uh, I think they, they were in the cha- uh, AFC Championship game. They made it just one game away from... Um, being in the Super Bowl, can they go but one better this year? I don't know. We'll wait and see. But they'll definitely like to keep going and um, at least make it to the playoffs again. I have their record down at as eleven and five. I do think that they are going to win this division. I think um, Henry will continue to be Derrick Henry. I th- I do like Coach Mike Rabel. I think he he sets up the team quite well. Not just on the offensive side, but on the defensive side as well. The loss of Jarrell Casey is a really big loss on the defensive line, I do feel. I think not just for his play, but also his leadership in the team. So we'll have to see what they do there. But I have the Tennessee Titans 11-5. I'm going to have them to win the AFC South. Uh, So uh, just before I move on, Ian, do you have anything to say about the Titans or the Jaguars at all? No? Happy enough to have some AEW wrestlers help out the Jaguars at some stage during the That's year. About it. Yeah, but I don't want them to do well, so. <laughs> That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Right. So, uh, like you said, last week we did the AFC North, or the AFC East, the AFC West, the North and the South this week. So, uh, if you had paid attention to my uh, league records of them, this, this is my playoff teams for the AFC this coming season. The Baltimore Ravens, the uh, Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs, Houston Texans, Tennessee Titans, Cleveland Browns, and the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be my uh, seven playoff teams. Now, obviously, under the new rules, only the first seed gets uh, a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So, obviously, with the 15-1 record, I believe the Ravens will be the top seed in in the um, in the AFC, so we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. But uh, we'll see. Next week we are going to preview the uh, start previewing the NFC, and we're going to start with the East and the West next week. Uh, but Ian, uh, before we go, I guess uh, is there anything else you'd like to add? No, not at all. Like I say, football goes over my head, but uh, obviously this season I will know a little bit more by the time it's done. Obviously next week is where we're going to spend a bit more time on the hockey because we know. We yeah. are actually in a bubble situation, so obviously people yeah. want to go well. 
comment on actual stuff that's happening too. Um, so we'll probably have a jam-packed show next week, the next few weeks, to be fair. Um, yeah, and that's the way we want it with lots of lots of sports yeah. to talk about. Probably you know? be a lot of probably be even longer too, because obviously we have to get through the rest of the uh, the NFL teams as well. We're yeah. going to start running into my team, the Saints, and all that. So look forward to a nice uh, five-letter one for that. Um, you know, I think the Saints will be the last week before we uh, we start the season. Exactly. I think they're, they're the uh, NFC South, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they'll be uh, not next week, the week after. Yeah. But before before we go, just uh, make sure if you uh, if you like the podcast to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash the ASI podcast. Sorry, not the ASI podcast. Sorry, facebook.com forward slash ASI podcast. Uh, Twitter at ASI underscore pod. And finally on Instagram at ASI podcast. If you want to email us, you can email us too. It's as ireland podcast at gmail.com and uh, like i said we will have some jam-packed shows coming up over the next couple of weeks we'll be obviously continuing our nfl previews we're going to be talking more in depth about the nhl playoffs we're going to be talking hopefully things can be sorted out we'll be talking nba too soon so uh that's all from me this week and thank you so much for joining me as always as always, my friend, over and out, and uh, we will catch you next week on the flip side.